Today's story starts on a boat, out in South Carolina's Ace Basin. Recently, a couple of Post and Courier reporters and a photographer went out to find Morgan Island, which has some unusual inhabitants. I'm Emily Williams, this is Understand South Carolina from the Post and Courier, and today we're talking about one of our latest installments of Uncovered, our series about corruption and questionable conduct in South Carolina. Morgan Island is a little, small little island in the middle of the Ace Basin. Um, if you're leaving from Edisto Island, you travel by boat for maybe an hour and a half, hour to hour and a half, and it kind of feels as if you're going into the middle of nowhere. And then you just stumble upon this island with these trees, a little bit of sand, it seems deserted, except for a few signs basically telling you not to feed or molest the animals. And you don't really know what animals. The signs don't tell you what animal you should be looking out for. But then you you look a little longer and you see some movement in trees. And you look a little closer and they're dozens of monkeys <laughs> just swinging from trees, um, playing with one another. And it's like it's a sight that you wouldn't expect. I'm Shamira McCray, and I'm an environmental reporter here at the Post and Courier. I'm Tony Bartleman. I'm a project reporter for the Post and Courier. The National Institute of Health um, uses these monkeys for medical research. So the monkeys belong to the federal government. The manager of the colony is a company called Charles River Laboratories. There are 3,500 rhesus monkeys. It's basically a breeding colony. They jump from tree to tree and do what monkeys do, and then they supply about 400 to 500 monkeys a year to researchers around the country for everything from you know various vaccine research to other medical experiments. The Department of Natural Resources owns the island and leases it to Charles River Laboratories for about a million and a half dollars a year. Uncovered is a project that we've been doing for just over a year. And the, the project's mission is to explore uh, government misconduct, questionable conduct, uh, corruption, uh, look at things that haven't been really looked at before or looked at deeply. And about midway in our Uncovered project, we started getting a bunch of tips. And, and I, I got a tip about about what was happening on Morgan Island. And, and basically, a, a source said DNR, the State Department of Natural Resources, a state agency, was essentially funding a lot of its conservation programs with money from a private company, Charles River Laboratories. And so I thought that was an interesting area to explore. So we started submitting Freedom of Information Act requests and doing the kind of background work to, be, to better understand really what was happening out there in that mysterious place known as Monkey Island. I, I think one of the main questions is, is there a conflict of interest there? How can the Department of Natural Resources fairly regulate this company that they're taking all this money from? To explain the story, we also have to talk about another animal, horseshoe crabs. Horseshoe crabs are actually not crabs at all. Genetically, they're more closely related to scorpions and spiders. The animals have these spikes and helmet-shaped shells, um, a lot of legs, 
and they look kind of scary, but they're harmless from what experts say. And initially they were used for fertilizer and livestock feed. But as time progressed, scientists found out that they were good for detecting toxins. And so that's mainly what they're used for today. Yeah, they use the, the blood of the horseshoe crab uh, and they extract it and they turn it into a, a chemical that essentially identifies bacteria and fungi in everything from instruments to pharmaceuticals. And it's been a life-saving substance. It, it has helped uh, clean up a lot of our pharmaceuticals and medical instruments and things like that. It's even gone into space where they used it to detect uh, bacteria up there. Because of its ability to detect toxins, the blood of horseshoe crabs is incredibly valuable. It also has a very distinct appearance. Just like human blood turns red because we've got iron in our blood, crabs have a, have a little bit of copper in their blood. And when exposed to air, it turns baby blue. Part of Charles River Lab's business involves collecting horseshoe crabs' valuable blue blood. The company hires licensed fishers to collect crabs on South Carolina's coast during breeding season. Contractors then haul the crabs to holding ponds or directly to the company's extraction lab, which is in an industrial building off Wapu Road in Charleston. There, staffers line crabs on long metal counters, strap them into place, and insert tubes in the crabs' hearts to extract their blood. Charles River says it only collects healthy crabs for this process. But some studies show that anywhere from 6 to 30% of the crabs die after being bled. Those that survive are taken back to where they were found. They say that sometimes this can be done in like a day. However, environmentalists are concerned that the animals are not as healthy when they go back to the water as when they're taken. The South Carolina Department of Natural Resources, which is Charles River Lab's landlord for Monkey Island, regulates the company's horseshoe crab operation. There's that potential conflict. While reporting their story, Shamira and Tony both requested to tour Charles River Lab's horseshoe crab bleeding operation in Charleston. But they got different answers. A week before I was scheduled to go for the tour of the facility, um, a spokeswoman um, for the agency called just to see what angle I was going to take with the story. And then I told her that, hey, well, we had another reporter who wanted to come along and see the facility as well. And she said that she didn't really want to make it a party. She thought one reporter was enough, unless I could, could, could convince her that another reporter was necessary. And she asked who, who wanted to come. And I told her, Tony, she said that he'd been final, filing a lot of FOI requests. And she wasn't sure because of that, that she'd be able to convince Charles River executives to allow him to come. Yeah, I was su submitting these FOIA requests, Freedom of Information Act requests, to the Department of Natural Resources, asking for documents that help describe what what Charles Rivers is doing, and and just a bunch of other, you know, where the money was going for uh, f uh, from Charles River. I was trying to trace the money trail essentially, so I submitted a ton of FOIA requests, and we later learned that they had submitted FOIA requests for our FOIA requests to find out what was going on and who was asking questions about them. Ultimately, just Shamira made the visit, along with a post and courier photographer. So when we first got there, we saw a video of the operation and them bleeding the horseshoe crabs. And, and then we went on a tour to see some of the 
lab technicians testing different sorts of medicines. We saw where they made equipment to test for toxins and different things. And the majority of the tour was just looking at equipment. That was the basis of it. We didn't see horseshoe crabs. We didn't see blue blood, any of that. It was technicians in a lab, testing medicine, and looking at equipment. We'll be right back with more after this quick message. Hi, I'm Avery Wilkes, a projects reporter for the Post and Courier Columbia. As journalists, we work hard to hold powerful people accountable for the decisions that they make and how they affect others. And we have a track record of investigations that have brought about real, tangible change in our community. But that kind of watchdog reporting isn't free. It's time-consuming and expensive. To pay for it, we need people to subscribe and support journalism with real dollars. Help us keep going. Learn how to subscribe at postingcourier.com slash subscribe. So I was doing a traditional follow the money plan. You know, I wanted to find out where the money started and where it ended. And where it started was with the federal government. The National Institutes of Health would pay Charles River three and a half million dollars a year to manage the monkey colony on Morgan Island. And that money would essentially flow into DNR, a million and a half dollars of it would flow into DNR, which used it to pay the salaries of um, at least 33 people, or at least part of their salaries. And it funded a bunch of other conservation programs, the real popular turtle program. So essentially that money was covering the salaries of people who actually have a say in what's going to happen in the horseshoe crab side of Charles River. How did that come to be the case that that DNR owned this island and that Charles River is paying for for use of it? How did that relationship start? The relationship started way back in the early 2000s. And at that time Morgan Island was owned by a private company and they they leased it to a completely different manager, a company called Labs of Virginia. And suddenly, uh, the owners of the island decided they wanted to develop it. And that would have been a big problem in the Ace Basin because this Ace Basin is this wonderful conservation jewel in South Carolina. It's big public-private effort to conserve it. It's been a huge success. And, you know, they wanted to build something like 64 homes on it. And that would have been a big, big sort of thorn or big, big speed bump in that whole um, conservation project and program. So DNR decides to buy it for $20 million. Um, they got a bunch of federal money to do that. And so suddenly they inherited that lease. So they became a landlord to a monkey farm. A few years later, the federal government selected Charles River Labs to take over the colony. And then at that time, DNR was making a few hundred thousand dollars a year from their lease. But then they, they jacked it up. And then pretty soon they were making some real money. So it was sort of an incremental relationship that grew over time, as did the conflict of interest. Charles River Labs is starting to get a lot of heat from environmental groups about their horseshoe crabs. In response, they're starting to do a big PR push. Amid all that, their lobbyist makes a proposal to... to to DNR 
that they will pay $500,000 for a special license, biomedical research license, to help the NR out. And Jamira actually got an interesting response from them. So Charles River Labs basically said that they wanted to give this money to DNR to help with research. Um, We don't really understand the horseshoe crab population, whether it's going up or going down, and they wanted to be able to help DNR with that research. And so that's what the money was for. A biomedical research license does not exist. The DNR has never given one of those away. DNR didn't have the authority to accept a half a million dollars for something like that. So they rejected it. The offer was awfully interesting, though. So I sat down with the head of DNR, a guy named Robert Boyles. He's a great guy, and, and I will say that the folks at DNR, a lot of them are really dedicated public servants, good intentions. And I sort of laid out our findings, told them what we had found, and then I put them all in context and gave him a chance to respond. And he said several times, it never dawned on us that this would be a conflict of interest or an appearance of conflict of interest. In a way, it was a refreshing acknowledgement that, yeah, maybe we had looked at the situation, maybe we hadn't looked at it as carefully as we should have, as objectively as we should have. So sometimes when we do these reports, we just get you know, 100% pushback from people who believe that they are doing nothing at all wrong. Some of those people are now in federal prison. So, yeah, it was, yeah, I appreciated his honesty. Like all of our investigative projects, I learned a lot personally as I'm working on it. I learned a lot about horseshoe crabs, learned a lot about monkeys, Prior to this story, um, I've lived in South Carolina my entire life. Prior to this story, I don't know that I actually knew we had a monkey colony um, in the middle of the Ace Basin. Um, That was very interesting to me um, to actually go out and see that pretty much in our backyard. But I think to me the most striking thing was how a public agency over time can find itself in a very difficult ethical situation, sheer, mainly because it happened so slowly and incrementally. And without kind of outside scrutiny, you end up in trouble, or at least in a difficult situation. All right, that's all for today. We've linked Tony and Shamira's story in today's show notes. It has a lot more detail, so I highly recommend you give that one a read. You can also find a link to the rest of the Uncovered series. If you have comments or questions for this podcast, email us at understandsc at postandcourier.com or find us on Twitter at understandsc. Understand South Carolina is a production of The Post and Courier. Let us know what you think of the show. Rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Keep up with the latest headlines at postandcourier.com. Thanks so much for listening. We'll be back next week with a different news story from our state.